0: It's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is, if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you.
1: I'm a national
2: champ! i a national champ! a national champ! Unbelievable! Iwo Hoops presents the pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me
3: for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 5.19 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. In our last episode, we began the conversation about the challenges the team faced after the tournament was canceled. In today's episode, we'll continue to talk about what happened with the team. In the first half, Kyle Mangus, Seth Maxwell, and Noah Smith will join to share their emotions and how they've grown since that time. In the second half, Coach Tonegal will reflect on this time and talk about discipling people in the midst of disappointment and how the program's grown as a result of what it went
4: through in March. I'm joined now by Kyle Mengus, Seth Maxwell, and Noah Smith. And we heard in the previous episode from the seniors and just what it was like uh, finding out that the, the national tournament was canceled due to COVID-19. But I want to bring you guys in here and just continue that conversation. No, I'm going to start with you. Uh, We got the news at the Sanford Pentagon. What do you specifically remember about that time?
5: Yeah, for me, uh, the most memorable thing about that was just how we had just finished our little walkthrough, and um, we were getting ready to play. We were playing in a couple hours, and then I remember the TVs being on, and I I was watching the game that was uh, playing at the time, and I remember that game starting, I mean, that game just, like, stopping, and we were all, like, wondering what would happen, and then this lady comes around saying that the tournament's canceled I just remember like everyone just kind of breaking down in that moment just realizing that like our season's over and we like we didn't even get to play a game that was just really heartbreaking like a heartbreaking moment that I remember from that time
2: uh yeah for me um
5: I first remember hearing
2: it from I think my dad he was right next to me um we were just kind of sitting there and he was on his phone and the NAI released like a statement and he just kind of showed me, didn't even say any words. And um, it was obviously tough to see. And then what was even more tough was seeing like the seniors um, just when the emotions just started flooding and seeing everybody, you know, hug each other. Cause for those guys, they didn't know they played their last college game um, versus Bethel like a week before they thought they, you know, had one to five more. So that was really tough.
4: And so we also had a time, uh, the seniors got to talk about it just about being there huddled up at seven quarter praying or or sharing about what those seniors meant to us, uh, in the hotel conference room, just from your perspective, uh, what was it like seeing those guys go through that and and what do you remember about those times? Um, I just
1: think it was awesome how we kind of refocused even in the midst of like struggle and kind of hurt and mourning the loss of a tournament and that was really hard on everybody, but, um. Tanner kind of leaded us and told us to go to center court just to kind of finish the season with a prayer. And that's how we started the season. That's how we did it in the middle. We we were always seeking God. And I think that was important to finish that in the midst of um, just hurt from
4: the losing the tournament. And as we sit here now, you know, we're months removed from COVID, but obviously it's still shaping our lives now and it's going to shape how we look at, you know, next season. So Kyle, for you, having some of your best friends, you know, lose their senior season. How's that change your outlook um, just moving forward? Yeah, it's put a chip on our shoulder. And there's a lot of teams that are going to be saying
2: that because they had their tournament taken away. But we really felt like we had a great shot to win the whole thing. We were were rolling there. So um, that's just going to make us really motivated, you know, for this upcoming year. And, you know, hopefully when we get that championship this year, um, we can say it was for that group of seniors because they led us the year before um, and they deserved a shot at it too. So when we when we win it this upcoming year, that'll be for them for sure.
4: And Noah, for you, you're a freshman, you're coming in, you know, a big part of it is trying to make a deep run in the national tournament. Um, and again, yep. you forge relationship with those seniors. Um, how does your outlook change just moving forward, going into your sophomore season?
5: I think for me, it really just uh, made me realize just how to really just not take anything for granted, just live in the moments and enjoy the moments that we have together. Like never really never thought that a season would end so quickly, just out of nowhere. So I think next year just not taking any games or any practices for granted, just really just enjoying the moments that we have together as a team and the times that we're able to play with each other.
4: Obviously it was a really difficult time, but we did gotta get a turn the corner and have a pretty fun trip going back home. We got the chance to stop in Chicago and Kyle how did that even come about where we got the chance to go out to this nice dinner uh, what do you remember about that time
2: yeah well throughout my time at IWU like if there'll ever be like an awkward situation or kind of we're going through a hard time we have guys who can like make the best out of things um so on our way back we decided to stop through Chicago it was before it got pretty bad there um and we're able to go to Michael Jordan Steakhouse, really nice steakhouse right in downtown. Um, and everyone got the best cut of, cut of steak, fillets, had a ton of appetizers. Um, so, I mean, that shows that we're blessed to be able to, to do things like that. And it was able, I mean, we were able to get our minds off of the tournament for a little bit. And it was just kind of like one last hoorah with the team, um, just going there together. And it, I mean, it was a nice trip.
5: Yeah, um, like Kyle said, it was uplifting for sure, and it, it definitely made us kind of forget what had happened, like what the whole reason we were in Chicago was for. But um, yeah, Michael Jordan Steakhouse was just amazing, and the food was amazing, and just being able to be there and clown around with the guys, it was just it was just good to bring some joy to us again.
1: Yeah, like Kyle said, there's a lot of guys that can just make the best out of bad situations, and when we were in the hotel, we would play hide and seek, and we were just having a good time, and. Um, It just helped us stay encouraged and realize that it's not the end of the world that we lost the tournament and that we we can move on and just continue to glorify God with the joy that we bring.
4: Seth, I think you're one of those guys that that helps the team make the most of any given situation. Uh, But I'm just going back to that steak steak dinner as well. I feel like there was a lot of appetizers, a lot of desserts that were ordered. Uh, Did you guys get any of the 23-layered MJ chocolate cake? Do you guys Mm. remember that? I think so.
1: Yeah, you we ate so much food, and then you were like, "Hey, you guys want dessert?" And we're like, "I don't know. We're, I think we're good." Then you're like, "Oh, I'll get you some chocolate cake." And It was so good, dude. There's always room for that. Uh,
4: it's good to have people that support us, you know, that allow us those opportunities to do things like that in, in a difficult time. Um, but as we just kind of to wrap up here and um, shift towards what next season will will look like. Um, no, it just again. Seniors won't be along for the ride next year. Um, but what's your just hope for? You know how you win and play and and just perform next year for those guys.
5: Yeah, yeah. The seniors they won't be there, but I definitely they've left an the impact on me. And I'm I'm just looking forward to next year. Just just bringing what they taught me and just bringing that. Uh, to the team next year, they've definitely taught me like some leadership roles and stuff like that, and just work ethic. That I think I'm, a, I'm no for sure I'm gonna carry on to the team next year.
1: Yeah, um, just for me, I think just losing that tournament is um, just a lot of motivation just to play hard this year. And yeah, like Noah said, just do exactly what the team, the seniors taught us by example, and lead the team with humility. And I think we have a good shot at it this year too. Yeah, for me, uh, I'm just ready to throw everything out the window and
2: just be a leader, try to pick up where those guys left off. Um, they showed me how to be leaders just like the guys before them, and um, I'm a senior now, so I'm, I'm ready and excited to do that.
3: This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, We want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG president, Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're joined again by Coach Tongle. And Coach, in our last episode, we talked about the raw emotions that we experienced when the tournament was canceled. But I want to transition this week and really talk about the leadership because Leaders face hard times. Maybe not things as unusual as that, uh, but there's always these ups and downs of every season where you're emotionally dealing something. Maybe it's after a loss, but then you have to go lead your team forward in that moment. So go back to that moment. The tournament's canceled. You're experiencing something personally, but you also have to lead the team. What are you thinking in that moment?
0: That's that moment where I'm like, I just want to hide or I want to snap my fingers and disappear because... I have no answers. And I think sometimes we make leadership out to be uh, a proposition of answers. So I I tell people what to do and and they come to me because they need direction. And that's certainly true a lot of the times, but I think there are times in leadership where our people, what they need from us is not strength, but weakness. Because in that weakness, they, they can identify with us and we can empathize with them. And there's just a deep connection there. I mean, I think we see that throughout scripture with Jesus, he, he was able to empathize with people and feel their pain. And and even to the point where he mourned and he cried. And sometimes that's, that's where we're at. And that's where I found myself that, that time is, look, I'm hurting guys and I'm hurting, not just, you know, for myself, but I'm hurting for you. You know, I'm hurting for you seniors and I'm hurting for, for what's been building and the expectation that is, was about to come. And, but at the same time, you have to stand in front of your guys and acknowledge that. And that's what I did. I remember saying, guys, I don't have answers, but I know that there's this pattern throughout scriptures that when, when godly men faced uh, difficult times or loss, they always turned to God in prayer. And that's what we're going to do. And it started on the court. It continued in the uh, hotel room. And it really formed the basis, I think, for how we were going to begin to process this deep disappointment. It really strikes me that if you're going to turn to that in this
3: moment, to prayer, to the I Am Third Life, it has to be something you've already been pursuing as a leader before you get to that moment.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I sometimes we turn to God when we need something. And so we're, we're, we're constantly accessing Him for what He has available. But what happens when we, we stop pursuing the gifts and we pursue the giver? And I think that's a totally different relationship, right? I mean. My kids often approach me when they want something. It's a totally different feeling when they're just like, I'm like, why did you just hug me? And they're like, just because I love you, Dad. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, those are few and far between. But sometimes we need to treat God like that. We just, we just want to spend time with Him through the good and the bad. And hopefully that's been a program habit of ours, uh, you know, as we journey throughout this season, because we're constantly faced with ups and downs.
3: So what does the pursuit of the I'm Third Life look like in the midst of disappointment?
0: Well I th- I think when you when you when you live in scripture and you really understand that scripture is not this beautiful story from start to finish it's messy it's ugly it's 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 full of sin now the end we know is is incredible and full of beauty and the, the redemptive story that ultimately Jesus brings all things together for his good and his purpose but but the reality is we live in the in between and things aren't always going to be good and one, we talked about prayer is a big part of that, but but living in Christian community with other brothers who can help you through. I mean, I can't imagine walking through some of that alone. You know, we obviously as a staff stay close together. We're, we're praying together almost daily when, when we're in our offices and we're just able to help each other walk through some of these difficult times. And that's a key thing when you graduate. If you leave the program and you go off on your own and you don't find that Christian brotherhood, man, life's going to be far more difficult. And so hopefully the... The idea that you're living in close proximity with other godly men who want to help you and want to be your strength when you're weak and, and can be weakness when you're strong. Like that's a template for the rest of your life.
3: Well, it's, it's funny you say that. I'm going to go on a little diversion now because, you know, we took off. Well, our kids had gotten out there and we were already, and, and we went west and really had one of the most fun weeks just because we had to get our mind on something else. And I remember there was a, a morning where we were at uh, Arches National Park and we went and saw this amazing sunrise with our kids. And we did this incredible hike, and, and that night um, I was reflecting and thinking, oh, this would be the night of the national championship game. And there was really diversion because of community and friendship that we were able to to go and and experience something special with our family that if we were isolated or not in community, we probably wouldn't have had that. and We probably would have just wallowed in self-pity for a week. And while we did that a lot of the week, uh, we were able to find some diversions with our family.
0: Yeah, I think family is a great diversion for coaches. I mean, how many times do we go home just so upset over the way our teams played, performance wasn't there, we lost, and you walk in the house and the kids don't have a clue what happened. And uh, you almost at times, i have learning to let things go, not to bring them home like I used to because there are far more important things. And it's helped me as a coach, and I would encourage coaches out there to, to not bring that stuff home, not lay it upon your family. They don't deserve that, and they can help you get through the season much better.
3: What did it look like in the in the following weeks? Because uh, we had that day that we talked about in the last episode, but this is something that our guys are going to live with forever. Some, some of our guys will never get another opportunity. Their careers were ended uh, not in a loss, not in a win, but just in the back gym because of COVID. So what did that look like moving forward for you as a leader?
0: Well, I think what made it – so difficult was the fact that everybody took off school was basically on campus was shut down everybody went home and so we didn't see our guys we were separate from our guys so everybody was kind <clears> of <throat> as we talked about how important community is that we were stripped of that and it took us a while to figure out that we we're gonna have to start meeting on zoom which you know it helped for the time being but it, but it wasn't the same and so for me it got more difficult you know there was that initial period then we take off with our families and we come back and then the uncertainty is, well, is this going to go on for two months or three months, and you know when, when's this ever going to end, really made it difficult for a lot of our guys and how they were processing things. So then wh- how do
3: you, uh, in that moment, you can't see the guys. How do you continue to position them in such a way that they can grow and have leadership opportunities when they're not around their team?
0: Yeah, I think it finally came to us. We were We were really strategizing, like, what do we need to do? What's next? We can't just continue to go on like this like we can't just accept this obviously we we were living under some guidelines and we wanted to honor that so we began to to, to strategize and the idea we came up with was we wanted to put our guys in a position of leadership because one of our core convictions is that um ministry leads to maturity and the idea is that if you're forced to do something you're often forced to grow and to mature into that you may not be ready like none of us were ready when we were given certain assignments but somebody you know, maybe took a risk and gave us something. And, and we grew into that. We, we figured out how to do it. So we thought, you know what, our guys, maybe they should lead some Zoom uh, discipleship Bible studies. So we picked, I forget what we picked, four or five guys, set some different groups up. So we had a group of like, these are campers. And we emailed them and said, hey, our guys are going to lead uh, eight-week Bible study. Um, there's going to be two guys assigned to you if you're in. You know, email us back. There was, you know, I think we took our kids and their friends and we said, hey, we're going to do a group uh, with just you guys and, and so forth. So we gave our guys a little bit of direction. But at the same time, we said, hey, we, we want you to, to put your own personality on this and, and to lead these. And it was a challenge for them. And they, I think some of them are nervous. But by the end of it, they told us how much uh, joy they found in that. They gave them purpose, right? You couldn't just sit around and say, well, this is horrible. There's Nothing's going to change. It was like, I got to prepare. I got to lead other people in this moment.
3: Why has it become so important for you as a coach to find those opportunities? Maybe it's a speaking opportunity or leading a Bible study like this to find those opportunities for the players.
0: Well, I think our, the faith we profess is is not just in belief, but it's in action. Um, and this is an opportunity to put a guy's faith into action. Like, don't just say you believe in God during this pandemic, but go do something that's going to impact other people. And I think when when we live that way, when we get our minds off ourselves, it's amazing. Not only the benefit do other people receive, but the the own benefit, right? We were designed to live outwardly. And when we do that, not only do other people benefit, but so do we.
3: I was talking to a a friend in basketball who's gotten to know our program well. He has no faith. And what he said the other day, I think illustrates your point. He said, um, you know, I always thought this I Am third stuff was kind of preachy. But the, the more that I get to know your program, the more I get to know Coach Tonegal, the more I realize that's just who they are as a program and what they believe so they can't separate out from what they're saying uh, so it's not preach at all it's just who you guys are and what you believe so that takes me to that moment uh, on the court when the players decide to pray and then we get a picture they get back to the gym they're messing around and they go on the court and in lucky when they get back they have a moment where they pray together before they all leave and go their separate separate ways what does it mean for you as a coach who's try to position guys try to disciple guys, tried to lead guys to pursue the Ion third life. To know they're making that type of decision in the midst of their biggest disappointment.
0: Yeah, that's incredibly satisfying when your team uh, initiates moments like that, um, and, and I'm not surprised the leadership we had. And the, I think that speaks to the to the desire. I mean, they get back. Everybody's going to go their own ways, but one guy says, "This is this is what I think would be best for our team to gather our team and, and to pray in this moment." and when your team does that, I'll tell you what else they do. They play really hard on defense because they want to please not only the coach but each other. You know, if they're always trying to live up to our expectations, what happens when we're not around? And this was that moment where we weren't around. I'll tell you what they also do. They come to practice early, they stay after late. They they do all the little things. Everything that we that coaches want. When teams are led internally and they have desires for something that's bigger than themselves, they they do these things that I think everybody's chasing and trying to build you know their cultures around.
3: Last thing, coach, in our final episode next time we're going to talk about just the journey toward unconsciousness and just what you learned throughout the year. Uh, but but go back to leadership in the midst of this time. What's something you learned about leadership that maybe you never would have if there wouldn't have been a situation where a tournament was canceled because of things out of our, out of our control?
0: That's a big question. I, I don't know if I've got you know one specific thing but it's more of a I guess a posture. I'm very thankful for uh, all the little things that I've taken for granted. You know, we haven't been in our gym now for almost 3 months and and to be honest, I I just took Lucky Gym for granted. I miss the weight room. I miss, you know, having our coaching our guys and I think that's what we're going to see when we get back is that there'll be maybe a renewed sense for working out and practicing. I know as a player sometimes you take it for granted, you complain You can't wait for it to be over. But I think everybody's going to come back with a little different perspective after having uh, this been taken from us.
4: As this season of The Pursuit comes to a close, in the final episode, you'll hear from Coach Tonegal in both the first half and the second half as he reflects on the season and the team's journey of becoming unconscious.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know, as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask Iwo Hoops on a future episode, hashtag ask IWU Hoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook at iWoo Hoops. Join us next time, right here on The Pursuit. And remember
5: if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.